0: Over 60,000 songs are added to Spotify every day, and I'm here to make sure you don't miss any of the good ones. From independent artists just starting out to seasoned vets in the industry, this interview style podcast highlights artists whose music you don't want to miss. Make sure to follow along to the Music You're Missing Spotify playlist to hear tracks from artists featured on the show. You're listening to Music You're Missing. I'm Brendan Ginetti, and today I'm speaking with AOK. I am so geeked for this episode, I'm not going to lie. I have been such a long time AOK super fan. Artists like him, Chelsea Cutler and Quinn 92 are seriously the very reason I created Music You're Missing in the first place. Producer Pete, aka Hurley, our friendship was actually like formed off of these artists. Yeah, I know. When was like the first time you heard AOK? Well, so he produced Quinn ninety two. I either heard Kings of Summer or Another Day in Paradise. So he I heard Quinn yeah. first, but then I knew that he produced both those tracks. Same. Those were the first two songs I heard. I only, you know how I actually found I found AOK through Quinn ninety two and I found Quinn ninety two because someone told me that I looked like him. Oh, really? oh yeah I can see that <laughs> and then yeah. I have since got that a, a good amount and like I kind of love it when people say that yeah. he has pretty sick tattoos I'm currently untatted um, but anyhow yeah A-OK really uh, you're the reason I have a, a friend um, but AOK, okay <laughs> he recently dropped his sophomore album Digital Dreamscape and that shit has been the soundtrack of my summer this is actually a new sound for A-OK and it's such like organic growth if that makes sense he's really created like a highly visual and Sci-fi infused narrative exploring themes of loneliness, surrender, and human connection. So it's definitely a really deep project. But if you don't want to like get into the deepness, you can also just kind of vibe out to it. But I-, I love a good versatile work. And he really created a world with this, honestly. In addition to the album, AOK is gearing up for a nationwide tour with Chelsea Cutler, and it's kicking off this October. Ticket link is in the show notes. Now, listen, you've listened to podcasts before, you know what's next. And no, do not hit the skip 15 second button like I do when I listen to podcasts. First, I'm going to let you know that a lovely face can be seen on the cover of the Music You're Missing Spotify playlist right now. My favorite tracks from Digital Dreamscape are also streaming on the playlist. So go check it out. And while you're checking things out, feel free to rate us five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's corny to ask, but the more five-star ratings we get, the higher likelihood our episodes get playlisted or front-paged, which in turn give these amazing artists more exposure. Now, before we get A-OK on the line, I've got some free stuff for you, because this episode is presented by BeatStars. BeatStars is the world's number one digital music marketplace to buy and sell beats. BeatStars allows music creators to sell their product worldwide from beats, loops, and sound kits to vocals, lyrics, graphic design, and video editing. Dozens of top-charting songs from the past few years were actually made on BeatStars or created by BeatStars producers, including the literal longest-running number one song ever, Lil Nas X's Old Town Road. So whether you're an independent artist, singer, songwriter, rapper, A&R, or label, there are millions of beats available to you on BeatStars in any genre or style. You can also distribute your music through BeatStars, making this a great all-in-one platform. BeatStars is free to use for beginners, but you know BeatStars is hooking our listeners up because Music You're Missing listeners can get a free one-month premium subscription to open their own virtual music store by going to BeatStars.com slash MYM and using the code MYMFREE. If you want to just head over to our Instagram page at Music You're Missing, we have a link in the bio that explains everything. Again, that's BeatStars.com slash MYM and the code is MYMFREE. And now without further ado, I am so happy and honored to bring you A-OK on Music You're Missing. Wherever you were that you tagged in Instagram, I looked it up. That looks so sick. It was like the second most expensive per capita (laughs) place in the world. It's fucking crazy, dude. People park their mega
1: yachts. Like you look out into the water, there's just like 300 foot yachts just like looking at you as you're like looking out at the water. It's crazy. My friend lives there and and had a wedding there. That's why I was there. It was (laughs) random, but so fucking cool. Are you jet lagged right now? I am a bit. um, I was just in Europe and it's a nine hour time difference from LA, which is just like when I came back, actually, no, when I flew there from LA there, I like laughed at like, 5 p.m. Time, local here and I arrived at like 11 a.m. It, I skipped a night. I literally like flew and I was I, you time traveled. Like, yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I time traveled. And I'm like, I feel like a time traveler slash astronaut <laughs> right now. But I'm I'm getting back in the groove. So you're traveling for two months? Yeah, two months. I had a tour um, for a month with this guy Emmett Fenn. Um, which was amazing, a month long tour. And then from there I went to, I had a show in Aspen then I showed in Alaska. And then from there I went straight to the French Riviera for two weeks. <laughs> South so
0: I've been, I've been living large. <laughs> That's unreal. Yeah. Alaska. I feel like that is so interesting. Have you ever played in Alaska prior to that? Oh my God. No.
1: Um, I had like, obviously I've always wanted to go, especially, you know, during the summer, the winter, keep me the fuck away from there. (laughs) But I was like, it was really cool. There's this, there's this, um, music festival there that's based around the summer solstice and it's nearly 24 hours sunlight there right now. So on the summer solstice, which is June 21st, this was the weekend before it was a couple days before, but based around the summer solstice, they have a three day festival, um, that yeah, like you're there, you're awake, if you're awake at like two or 3am, it's just like broad daylight out. It's so bizarre. So I went like by myself because it was really expensive to fly anybody <laughs> else out there. and It was my first time just DJing. Um, I usually have like a live setup in my show. And yeah. this time I DJ, I just showed up with my USB stick to Alaska alone. And it was honestly like fucking liberating you know like i did (laughs) that sounds so sick like really cool
0: um i was only there for like literally two days but it was so it was so cool such a cool experience wow yeah what's like an alaskan fan like were they (laughs) was a little different my god dude unreal (laughs) so they don't like they don't get like a lot of they don't get live music there very much right so
1: like they were so stoked like Again, I've never DJed prior to this, but like, you know, I've seen DJ sets and I would like, when I would start transitioning into a new song before they had any idea what the song was, just the fact that I was transitioning songs, they'd be like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. It was like a bunch of people like hearing music for the first time in their lives. And I was, it was amazing. They were so, such a good crowd, like probably the best crowd I've ever played in front of. So I would go back anytime.
0: That sounds that sounds like exactly something me and the homies would just like invent in a trip too i will have to do that next summer solstice
1: dude you will it was so cool i did like all sorts of like crazy shit like driving through the mountains i went to this wildlife reserve where i got to see like grizzly bears like five feet away it was just it was very very cool it's just so rusty you know and like and when i was flying in i was flying the pilot was like if you look down to our left you'll see like a glacier and i'm like i
0: haven't heard the word glacier (laughs) since i was 16 years old in science class i was like these are real they're real dude i i so I went to Glacier National Park one time alone. I literally drove there. Weird context. I was living in Montana alone also for no reason. And then I just drove like six hours to Glacier National Park and I saw a Glacier and I couldn't do anything but cry. <laughs> I just cried. I was like, I don't know what to do. Like the emotions that I had were unreal that day. <laughs> Music Fest on a Glacier is next
1: dude, I love that. I don't know why I love that, but I love that. I just picture you just looking at a glacier crying. I think you have like I a Snapchat memory that. of
0: me crying too. Um, but you're a dude who travels a, a bunch. Is there like a certain terrain that really kind of energizes you the most? The beach for me is always my favorite. Really? Um,
1: yeah, for me, I thrive the most when I'm like, when i'm just like lounging on a beach like with like airpod headphones in and just like listening to music and just frying in the sun <laughs> like not just a light like just frying in the sun and i'll take the headphones off jump in the water come back and keep listening then put music back on to me that's like my most natural happiest environment um my music kind of has always been very like summer day like sun sunshiny whatever and i just i love that environment yeah um But I'm big into nature. Like the coolest thing that I've really probably ever done nature-wise is I have a Jeep Wrangler and I drove it up to Lake Tahoe. um, I think it was last summer. And I did the Rubicon Trail, which is like this very famous off-road trail. And you're just driving through like this mountain and you're stopping at all these like pristine lakes in the mountain that you can like jump in and then like get back in your car and keep driving. And like that stuff just really, yeah, it energizes me. I love it.
0: I agree with you. I'm a a huge mountain guy. I'm going to Acadia National Park tomorrow in Maine, if you've ever been.
1: It's definitely like the
0: least, um, shocking of all the national parks, (laughs) but it is the closest (laughs) one to Boston. (laughs) Nice, dude. Uh, but you know, you mentioned the beach. I got to talk to you about Newport, Rhode Island, because I know you produce change of scenery too there. I grew up there. I literally, we still have a house there. We summer there. What brought you to Newport? Dude, it's, it's so, such a small world. Um, we, so my parents,
1: um, are from, I'm from Michigan originally, a suburb of Detroit. My parents met in Ann Arbor, Michigan, got married, lived most of their life there. But then my dad is a doctor, he did a residency in Boston. So they moved to Boston. And when they were in Boston, like the summer town near there, you know, it sounds like, I didn't know, but you're in Boston. It sounds like the summer town near there is Newport, Rhode Island. So when they were like there, they were like a newlywed couple. They would like go there a lot. Like their friends would show them Newport. And when they went, they just like absolutely fell in love with it. And so- like it was always their dream to get a second home there. So you fast forward like 25 years, 30 years, whatever. Um, They just like two years ago, they bought a summer home there, um, which is so amazing. And, It's also funny, like I I didn't never really perceive this, but around my house in Michigan that I grew up in, all the paintings were always very like nautical themed, like colonial nautical themed. And it wasn't until I was in college that I had friends like come over to the house where they're like, dude, why is everything in your fucking house like (laughs) East Coast nautical? I was like, I've never realized that. And all of the paintings are from Newport, Rhode Island, and I never put that together. But my parents like love it through and through. So they have the place there. But during the pandemic, we were like you know, I live like in L.A. with my friend, Quinn, 92, who you said changed scenery. Uh, he lives here. And then my friend Chelsea Cutler um, lives in New York. And we all like were just starved to make music yeah. and everybody was like, you know, in their bubbles. And we were like, why don't we just take four people, go to Newport, Rhode Island in the middle of fucking nowhere. We'll just <laughs> stay in a little cluster in the house and we'll write music. And when we went, it's just so off the beaten path. The beach, we're like, you know, we're two minutes walking from the beach. So it was just the perfect little nook to like, just get away, get away from the LA bullshit that any like major city, any distraction, write music. And it became a safe haven for us. So I went back, I've gone back like Probably six times, and worked with Quinn ninety two, Chelsea Cutler, Jeremy Zucker, and then done a lot of stuff for my project as well.
0: Wow! Yeah, no, I can imagine that's super inspiring. I, f- I feel like especially when no one's there, that's like that's mm-hmm. really when you get to see the beauty of it,
1: dude. It's great, but you know what's so funny is Quinn's like col- Quinn's fan base is mostly college kids, or like at least has a huge college following. And there's a there's Salve Regina College. <laughs> yep. there. So when it got out that he like we were going there people started stalking the house. People like still to this day circle around the house. And I was just there like two weeks ago, just by myself for like a couple days. And I saw cars just like, I posted on Instagram that I were there and cars just slowly yep. drive by the house. And it's hilarious. Like we're Newport, Rhode Island famous. Oh, <laughs> you know, I had
0: people I'm DMing from. me too. Like they were like, yo, <laughs> did you hear you okay in 92 going to be in Newport? Like should we, I'm like, I'm not going to stalk them. And I'm not going to do that. People do that no. too. Um, we, we're near Westerly, Rhode Island too. And Taylor Swift very famously has like this huge house in West. Westerly, and people just camp out outside of our house. It's actually quite bizarre. I don't recommend. Crazy.
1: People do crazy shit. Yeah,
0: <laughs> um, but no. Tell me about like what. What are some of your spots in Newport? For
1: sure, I love um, my favorite restaurant. Barcino is probably my favorite, and then Red Parrot is a classic for me. Classic. I grew up going there, and I just love Red Parrot. And then, trying to think, you know what's at, at Pasta Beach? I just went to um, Mama Luisa. Yeah, yeah. You know, all of the. And there's this coffee spot. There's this coffee spot that's attached to this little art store um, that I just fell in love with. It's called like the coffee guy right. or something. Is it like right
0: on the water so, where the yachts are? No. No. That,
1: no, that one is, that's another coffee spot where it's like $7 <laughs> for like a yeah. cup of coffee. No, no. This one's like, um, it's like, it's inland a little bit. And it's, yeah, it's got like a bagel spot next in it coffee shop and then there's an art gallery right there and all in a little like one little store and it's my favorite place it's right by the house that I like stay in and I, I go there all the time but I, everything there you can't miss White Horse Tavern is so fucking good
0: I definitely agree with you next time you go back my favorite spot It's it's honestly kind of hidden it's Actually, right behind Barcino, it's called Pero Salado and it's like in this small house and you have to have a reservation to go and it's just so good. And it, the house is, I think it was built in like the 1700s and the floors creak when you walk on it, um, but they make a bomb <laughs> margarita too. Oh, damn. I mean, that sounds like White Horse Tavern. What is it called? Uh, it's called Pero Salado. I think it means salty dog. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. But yeah, but also i the extent of my Spanish uh, stopped junior year high school. Oh, yeah, I see. Okay, Um,
1: but yeah, man, Newport's been great. And honestly, like for me, it's like, you know, that this is probably a segue. But like, yeah, I think like working with my friends is my favorite thing in the world. That's like kind of what's made the career that I have. And like um, that felt like a really good place to do it. And I think, you know, one thing that I've always found to be true is like, Some of my biggest music, Quinn's music, um, like we grew up together in Michigan and some of the most impactful music that we've made, the songs that like we're both known for to this day, we made when we were outside, when we were living in Michigan, kind of untainted by the music world, Mm -hmm. untainted by the like, this is what's popular. This is like what pop music is. This is what's trending. I think some of the best art is kind of made just off the reservation, um, just like when you're kind of like back in the element of just being with you and your creativity. And that's like kind of what we found in Newport. And I I think like I've realized that to be true. And I think I'm going to use that lesson to like really go into my
0: creative process for the next years to follow. So would you say that reigned true with Digital Dreamscape as well? So a lot of the songs on Digital Dreamscape
1: were written. um, I don't I want to say like four of them were written in Newport on one of those trips Um, and I don't know, for me, like for my project, I want to do more. So like I did, I discovered this, like, um, this way of writing the Newport way of writing that style, like towards the end of making digital dreamscape. So I Mm -hmm. think for now I'm going to be starting my third album and I definitely want to go away somewhere with a couple of writers and like, really like. I will definitely use that for, for the next album. But, um, for digital dreamscape, I think like that album was really born as a lot of the the art in the past two years really was started during the pandemic when I was just like stuck in front of my computer and trying to like figure out inspiration. Um, and like, you know, the, the, the rabbit hole that I went down with that one was like, you know, I, we were all just sitting in front of our computers in front of screens and whatever. And like, it felt like we were living our whole lives inside of a screen as you know, is today modern culture. But um I thought it was so interesting is like explain exploring this like dream world of how you can be whoever you want to be, whatever you want to be on a screen inside of a computer. So like the whole album kind of was this this like I wrote this kind of short story for the narrative, the album of like this person like going inside of a computer, like these two kind of like these two people together going inside of a computer and like this supercomputer and like exploring like this untethered, you know, immaculate dream world inside of the computer and discovering that really all that mattered is like human connection. The fact that they were together and then they leave the computer at the end of it. But I wrote like a whole short story and we, me and my roommate, who's a director, we flew to Ukraine actually a year ago before all of the, you know, wild that yeah, the Russia stuff. Um, we flew to Ukraine to shoot this whole short film and we got 45 minutes of footage that accompanies the album. So, it was a visual and um conceptual visually conce- conceptual and, you know, sonically conceptual album um and that was very fun for me to make.
0: Definitely. I mean, from a listener's perspective, it really is like a whole world if that makes sense. It's also kind of a sonic change up for you. Like how did you kind of find the sound? So, um
1: a couple couple points on that. Um I think what's cool. So the, before Digital Dreamscape, I released this EP called We Come Alive, and so my first album was In the Shape of a Dream. Then there was this little EP, We Come Alive, and then now in Digital Dreamscape, We Come Alive was kind of in probably 2018 when I think electronic music became very stale. Mm. Um, I think like the golden ages of electronic music were 2015-2016. There were new genres happening Bring it every back, day. Honestly. Yeah dude it's so <laughs> fucking good it's when Odessa was first popping off you know flume all of these like alternative electronic indie guys were starting to pop off um and you know i think like f- after 3 years of that i think it became so saturated everybody was making electronic music and also just the way that electronic music is made has become so much easier since those mm-hmm. early guys were doing it, like with Splice and all of these like sample sharing apps. It's like way easier to get to a really good product quicker. So I think the art form suffered for a while. But in like 2019, when I started writing 2020 and 2019, when I started writing Digital Dreamscape, a lot of people had left electronic music. And the people that remained had to do it really fucking well. And I think those were the people making like house music mostly, which is the backbeat I think of all dance music and it returned back to like house music. So I think I re digital dreamscape for me was like the re falling in love with electronic music. And that was really in the form of house music. So like the people like Rufus Sol, for example, oh, was yeah. like a huge inspiration for me during it. And like, you know, I think like, the whole sonically, it's all pretty much based around house music, which is super different for me. Um, but like, I think like I've just I really wanted to like bite in more into the electronic dance world. Like, I wanted I wanted to like the people I wanted to just be like like electronic. I think I before I always not shied away, but I wanted to find a pop balance between that and electronic. But now I'm like all into electronics. So I think that's what the album was really about. Sonically, you know, speaking.
0: I love to hear that because, I mean, I've definitely been following your work for a while. And I feel like this kind of evolution for you also kind of matches what I as a consumer have evolved into as well. I definitely have thrown this on my, my summer playlist for sure. But like I said, it's kind of like a world. I, I like to listen to Digital Dreamscape like as an album, which I always Good. love in a, in a, in a project.
1: Dude, thank you I, I try to you know I think the art form is escape um the art form of the album is escaping a bit you know I think we're our, our attention spans are so short but I like I really like building the visual world as well as the sonic world to like kind of you know as I'm writing this next album constantly on my head is like how do I what is the next? sonic world that this is going to live in i don't want to make more songs that sound like they could be on digital dreamscape for yeah. example you know and i, I really like doing that in the shape of a dream is that same way as you list you can listen to that all the way start to finish and it like puts you in a world um that's my favorite thing about electronic music is because it's like you can paint sonic's landscapes with sounds you're like painting a, a world for the the, the listener to, to like live in and if you match that with really like Visuals that match you can—it's very escapist. You can just take the, the listener on a journey, and that's why I love electronic music. So I really try to do that with my albums. Um, mm. So I'm glad—I'm glad to hear that that's how it resonates. Oh
0: no, 100. I, I think it's interesting that you have like this kind of theme throughout all of your music for like the past years—not even just this one of like postmodernism and escapism. Why do you think you gravitate yeah. towards those subjects?
1: I don't know, dude. I think, like, you know, in movies and film, like, movies are my favorite art form, actually, yeah. above music. I think, like, it's where all of it comes together, you know, like all art forms come together in movies. But I, I've, like, the things that I'm drawn to, like, Inception, obviously, is, like, one of my favorite movies. And my favorite, my favorite piece ever is the show Maniac on Netflix, which is, like, not as many, it was with Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. Not as many people saw it, but it's, like, this fictional. They go into a computer. That's kind of what birthed this whole idea. But I, there's something about um, I love like exploring the human brain. Dreams to me are the most interesting thing, right? Because like when we're dreaming, we're 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 like living inside of our head. The only thing that makes it not reality. Yeah, it's crazy, and we're having all these experiences. The only thing that makes it not reality is like there's this shared. To make it reality, it needs to be this shared consensus that it actually happened, right? Yeah. But like that's the only thing that holds it back from my dreams from being real is that you can't say that that happened. Um, and there's something that's just like so powerful about like the emotions and the raw subconscious space that's in your brain, like during those things. And I love just exploring that in art. I think it like takes away the constructs of what's happening in the world that can be scary. And like, it takes away all of that noise and just like channels emotion into its like rawest form. And I think that that's, it just gives the listener a break from like whatever worries or whatever is happening. And I like that,
0: you know. I've had honestly some of my best ideas in my dreams. (laughs) Do you have like (laughs) a, do you have a dream journal? No, I, I would love to do that because I forget them nearly instantly, but I assume you do. Oh my gosh. I've it, You know, it's one of those things where I, I kind of forget about, but it probably like every few months I'll write it down, but I have a notes app and it goes all the way back from like 2015. And the best thing about having one, I highly recommend is I'll type in a word and like I can see every time I dreamt. For some reason, I always dream that I'm on a cruise ship <laughs> so, or an arcade. I don't know why, but I can type either one in. I'm like, damn, I really like had 15 dreams about arcades in the past like a year I I Definitely, like you're recommend. on a
1: cruise ship with like a with a pina colada that's <laughs> yeah. all <I'm> picturing you <laughs> yeah I'm not sure why
0: honestly probably because I just went on a lot of cruises and played in the arcade as a child but uh. that's for me it's planes
1: in the ocean like for me like all my fears and dreams are I'm in outside of a plane holding on to it as it's like and I'm just holding on for dear life as it's flying that is like at, all the time and then another one is like, I'm around the the beach and I can see sharks, which are like kind of my biggest fear and interest. I see them jumping out of the water and sometimes there's so many of them, like the amount of sharks in the water is like kind of, I think how turbulent the dream is for me. It's crazy. That's Whoa. like how my, like my anxiety like comes out in dreams is in those two forms. It's wild. I
0: definitely have some anxiety plane dreams, <laughs> but I'm uh, <laughs> not on the outside, but I am hundred percent going down with the plane. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so hey, you're hitting the road, too. I know you just came back from tour, but now you're hitting the road with Chelsea Cutler in October. Yeah, man. You're stopping yeah, at this, some new stops, too.
1: Yeah, this 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 year I set out. So in electronic music, the way that these all these huge people like the Rufus Odessa's all these people are building it they have the name is they're just on the road and their show is what they're known for. I think one thing that it's always scared, I've shied away from is my live show um, in the past, because I think like before I was singing all my stuff and performing like keys and all that, like as much live, there's not as much for me to do on stage. So Mm -hmm. when I was like doing the shows, it just felt a bit like imposter syndrome. But I think now that I'm like singing and like playing most of it, I've fallen in love with performing. So This year I sat down with my manager and I said, this is the year of the live show. Like this, all I want to do is be on the fucking road. That's it. That's literally it. So yeah, I'm going, I just got off the Emmett tour. I was on tour with Elderbrook. Then I was on tour with MFN and then I'm going on with Chelsea and then I'll hopefully do a headline in spring, but I just like want to do nothing but be on the road this year. And that's how I want to grow everything. But the, the Chelsea tour is going to be so cool because like, she's obviously a friend. I'm such a fan of her music and she's just like such a homie. She, um, she just, like, she cares a lot about me as a human, you know? And I think she, like, she approached me uh, a month and a half, two months ago. She was like, what if, like, what if you came on tour with me? And I'd be like, <laughs> that would be the fucking greatest thing ever. You See don't have no to ask me twice. Yeah. And so she was like, do you think, like, Jesse, our manager, was, like, would be okay with it? I'd be like, you're the artist. You tell him what, what we do, you know? And, but he was, like, he was totally down with it. And she just, like, wanted to put me on, you know? Like, it's a huge opportunity for me. The rooms are big. There's yeah. a ton of new cities. Um, and she's just really set me up. So I'm very grateful to her. And I think it's going to be a great show, but we're going with Arden Jones, who I'm a huge fan of. And then it's me and then her. And I think the show is like it honestly feels like it's going to be like a little mini festival set. Like we're all different, but like very cohesive. And I think like genuinely as a listener, as a consumer, I would adore that show. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's going to be just a really, really good show. Very energetic, upbeat, euphoric, all the things.
0: Yeah. So. So have you started crafting like your live set? not yet i i'm
1: it's close enough to the emmett fan tour that i think it's going to mostly it's going to be pretty similar to that a couple of like expanded ideas the set for his show was 35 minutes um and this one's probably gonna be 45 so i'm gonna have to add time um but i mean i've got it down now i've got a a drummer that i'm on stage with it's like using an electronic drum kit that's really cool um it's just me and him and and he lives in la so i think like probably two weeks before the tour we'll just get in and start like mad scientisting yeah but until i'm kind of just like you know kind of chilling because i've been i want to start writing a bit i've been on the road so much i think right now i need like a a month or so to just like write
0: and not think about anything else that's interesting because this project literally just came out two months ago and now we're already working on the the next thing is that how it typically goes for you no it's just like that's the that's the that's the times we live in you know isn't it sad like it's crazy but
1: i mean i will say like in general i think as artists like we just like I mean, my favorite thing in the world is to write music, right? Yeah. Like, that's why I do what I do. So I think being away from it for a while, like, got all of these new inspiration. You see what worked on the album and, like, what maybe didn't work. And you're like, okay, wait, now I want to, like, take what I've learned from this experience and, like, start
0: going again. Yeah.
1: So I think, like, I'm just inspired right now. It had been a while without writing, so I'm, like, ready to just kind of get back to it,
0: you know? Well, speaking of inspiration, I know you've been teasing a track on called Write For You. Yes. What's the deal? Yes. What's the deal? Or is that coming out anytime soon? Dude, I I'm so psyched
1: about it. I just so I I had right before I went to um right before I went to the South of France, I started this like this I had this like keyboard idea that I laid down and it was like really like I really really liked it. And I kept listening to it as I was in the South of France. And then I had um as soon as I got back, I I had three days later, I had this session with this girl um, Dasha, who's incredible. And I was like, well, you know, why don't we try to write to this instrumental? So on Monday we had a session, we wrote to it and it's, for me, as a producer, I just need a really good, well-written top line—the vocal part—that I really feel like strong about. And once I have that, the production I can. Fl- I, if as long as I record a good vocal, I can pretty much remix underneath my vocal, Interesting. and that's a really fun way that I like doing it. So I just need a really good vocal, and then the rest that like, comes really easy. So on Monday I wrote this, and it's like Wednesday. It's Thursday now, but by the end of yesterday, I was like, this song is nearly done. Um, I've just been working on it nonstop since Monday and I've just like been finessing and like I got, I made like 30 bounces of it, different versions of it in the past two days. And I finally have it to a place that I'm like, really happy with and it bumps. So I'm like, I definitely like, <laughs> it did sound, about...
0: it sounded very sick. I I
1: definitely want yeah. the full thing. Thank you, dude. Yeah, I'm excited about it. So I, I think we'll we'll see. I gotta like see like what the I'm gonna as soon as we're done with this. There's a couple of things that I still need to flesh out with it. Literally, the second I hang up on this, I'm gonna <laughs> go to Logic and like flesh a couple things out. But I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm sending you. Like you
0: I'm sending you creative vibes. Oh, In hey, you know what I meant to ask you actually? While we we're talking about tour, are you and Chelsea gonna play the Kiss Me cover or what? the The Forbidden <gasps> Kiss Me cover.
1: The Forbidden fucking Kiss Me cover, dude. I. That song i <laughs> it makes me so sad every time i think about it and it's like sorry to bring it up i know it's it's like it just should have been in that fucking movie i mean the movie sucked so like whatever but like <laughs> that's how it should have come out like it should have yeah. been in that movie it should have released via that now it's like i think people would eat that song alive like i think people would love it Um, But it's just now it's like this narrative thing of like, when does it make sense to just drop a Kiss Me cover? You know, if it's not attached to the movie, it's like if it doesn't get enough TikTok clout, then it's like there's no reason to release it. So I just need to keep teasing it on TikTok. And I think if there's enough demand, then we just put it out and that would be the narrative. But um, I don't know. So I think like she... I, I don't know if we'll play it on tour. I think if we can finesse it enough, get enough clout going for it, that we can release it, then maybe on tour. So I got to I got to start teasing it again. I teased it one time on TikTok and it kind of had a moment. It did.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was only one post too. Like it, it definitely yeah. had a life. I'm, I'm talking about it now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think I got to keep, and people DM me about it constantly. So I think I got to just keep teasing it and see what happens.
0: I think I'm going to, I'm going to put that in my to-do too. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to generate some hype for it. I love that. That's that's what's up, dude. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm going to try to catch you guys on tour. You're not stopping in Boston, but I know that you do frequent Boston. So one, one time I'll, I'll see you live. Are there any other spot? Like, are there any spots that you're excited to go to? I saw that you're hitting Bozeman. That's like my favorite city. Really? Have you ever been? No. Oh, it's awesome. It's like such a quaint little town in the middle of nowhere. And if, I don't know if you have a day off in there, but it's close to this um town where I, I lived called Big Sky, Montana. And it is oh, like wow. that's like heaven on earth. Definitely recommend yeah. if you have a day off, <laughs> go there.
1: <laughs> I feel like I've heard of Big Sky. Um yeah, man. I don't have like um uh, I think like this sounds lame, but I'm I always like get most excited for the you know, the LA at the wheel turn here is an iconic venue. Yeah. And like like a nearly four thousand capacity room so like i'm obviously so excited for that that'll be amazing and then like new york is it's two of hammerstein ballroom which is like i'm um, like those are like the easy like you know in front of the most people but every tour there's always like a stop somewhere midway through that just shocks me and i'm like this is the best thing ever out yeah. of nowhere and for on the, on the mfn tour that was salt lake city which I knew was fun. A Lake City like goes off, but like I that that show I wasn't fully expecting it, but that was my favorite show on the tour. Um and so on this tour, I like there's definitely some cities that like, I haven't even memorized yet that it's like <laughs> these are like gonna be weird, but I know those always end up being the most fun because those people are just like down for the call. Oh yeah, it's gonna be so, weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. definitely gonna be weird. Weird but fun. You yeah, know, so I, I don't I don't there's none particular. none of those that I'm particularly like like honed in on but i know that like i'm gonna be surprised by a lot of like the the smaller cities i'm gonna love them
0: hey well i'm excited for you um definitely go on some random stops on the side of the street in bozeman <laughs> there's like everyone has a store in their house um i have so many crazy stories that i could share but i won't um i definitely <laughs> recommend getting weird in bozeman
1: Wow, I, I'm all about getting weird. So I'll get weird <laughs> get weird in it sounds, it sounds ideal to me. Uh,
0: well, this has been a great conversation. Honestly, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. I've genuinely been a longtime fan and I will definitely catch you next time you're in Boston.
1: Dude, so, so kind of you to stay all of that and you, you're, you're a great vibe. So, anytime. <laughs> Hell yeah. Thank you for having me. Of lunch. course. Or,
0: you know, maybe I'll catch you in Newport. We got to get you to do a show there. Down on that. <laughs> down on that. <laughs> <laughs> got you. All right. Go get the creative juices flowing. All right,
1: man. Thank you for having me. Of course. Talk to you
0: later.